You're listening to The Only Constant, a podcast about active hope. In today's conversation, we spoke with Mason Stanberry. Mason is a budding anthropologist, driven by a deep fascination with past cultures and civilizations. His passion for understanding the human journey fuels his ambition to be an impactful teacher one day. Being able to kind of share not just kind of this love I have for history or this better perspective it's given me, but also just being able to be like, hey, like in the same way that history repeats itself, like I've been where you guys are, or being like, hey, like I can see like from my personal experience what you're kind of thinking behind your eyes and you think that you're the only person going through something when that's not the case. Outside his academic interests, Mason finds profound joy in music and comedy. These interests have allowed him to shape his identity and embody the true spirit of human connection. Hopefully, you find some hope today. Hello! Thank you, everyone, for listening today, and thank you, my friend, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Let's start with your name and your pronouns. Uh, My name is Mason, Mason Stanberry, he, him. Okay, cool. And before coming on today, you sent Ted and I a list of things that you're Mm -hmm. passionate about. And Mm -hmm. number one on that list was anthropology. Yeah. You want to talk more about that? Yeah, so it's what I ended up majoring in in college after a long, hard debate with myself, uh, an existential crisis. Okay. Um, but it really kind of encompasses a lot of things that I enjoy um, and a lot of things that really interest me and mostly just interested in like the human experience and kind of, yeah. you know, it's very cheesy to say that history repeats itself or we learn from the past, but it's for me, it's very interesting to learn from the past. That's so true, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those cornball things that you're like, eh, this is something my dad says, but then you live it and you're like, okay, I'm yeah. about it. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's just a good way to connect to people too. I'm really into the, you know, I was born and raised religious as well. So being able to analyze things culturally, different religions, kind of seeing, mm. seeing through lines across cultures, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the day, like I love digging in the dirt. Like I loved it as a kid and like taking a class where I can go outside and dig in the dirt and just stare at like <laughs> dirt and shit and be like, there was a river here 10,000 years ago. There's some gravel. And so like, you, wow. you yeah. actually went out and did excavation. Yeah. I took, um, I took a class my senior year, like when we finally were getting back to like physical classes. Uh, I took underwater archaeology uh, with oh, Jesse wow. Halligan at FSU. Shout That's out. Awesome. That class ruled. Um, and we actually went out a couple times to different sites and things, like crawled around in a riverbed and took samples out of like a wall where you can see like the striations and the dirt and stuff. It was oh, really cool. Whoa. Yeah. Did a, lot of, did a lot of fun stuff, you know? That's really neat. Yeah. That's, I mean, and you've already kind of like touched on mm-hmm. the four like oh, subcategories yeah. of anthropology that you mentioned. It was history, religion, mm-hmm. archaeology, cultural studies. Yeah. Let's just touch yeah. on history. Let's kind of how they, how, how they look at it in... Anthropology is kind of the four main fields of it. It's going to be like physical anthropology, linguistics, cultural, and um, archaeology. Of course, it's the one that I enjoy. So that's kind of how it's broken up. Like physical is kind of like biological, like bones and stuff like that. They do a lot about evolution in that. A lot of classes about monkeys that I had in that that kind of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Linguistics is, is as it sounds. Uh, Taking a phonetics class is insanely crazy when you've spoken English your whole life and you have to spell things phonetically. And yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. And then, you know, cultural is kind of the broad one where you study things like religion. I did like a religious studies class or like stuff okay. like that. That's the kind of thing they like in businesses where they send people, they send anthropologists out to like different countries or like you live with people, you study people kind of things. Mm. Um, it's really interesting. It's really cool. It's kind of like an all encompassing thing of the human experience, which I really enjoyed. And, you know, uh, I only came about to it because during COVID, I kind of had that 
existential crisis I think a lot of people had in lockdown mm-hmm. and like hated where I was going. Like I hated pre-med. I was on like a pre-med route and I was like doing really bad. So I opened the list of majors and went A to Z. <laughs> and embarrassingly, it's only like the eighth on the list or something. Uh, but, you know, I started there and I was like, oh, I really, this kind of lines up with everything I've been really interested in. Mm. And I went into it, looked into it, started to scroll through the rest of the list. And I was like, at a point where I was like, why not? I need a change. And then I ended up really enjoying it and doing significantly better in my classes because it was something I enjoyed. That's good. Studying. That's awesome. yeah. yeah. So real quick, mm-hmm. you said businesses will send anthropologists if they know about cultural stuff, like so, do you mean like not specific on like businesses, but it's more like the idea of like a cultural anthropologist will go and like live with a group of people and like study them kind of like, that's where people write like papers and stuff like that. Mm. People will go out and like live with like indigenous peoples, other peoples, that sort of thing and write their own kind of, like theses or reviews on it. I could be totally like, it's been, I've been, I haven't, I graduated in 21, so I could be totally like cobwebs up here, but (laughs) that's definitely part of it. And, you know, having that kind of background in anthropology, like being able to understand like other people's and being able to like really have that appreciation for other cultures is something that if I was in business, I'd super like, Mm. I'd look for in like someone, if I was sending like a representative, like if I was trying to open a branch, like, in Asia somewhere, I wouldn't send like the guy who files paperwork for <laughs> like Michigan. I'd send someone who like studied this and understands different cultures or at least has some interest in that. So when they go there, they're going to approach it from like a learning standpoint instead of like a visitor standpoint. Mm, okay. um, so it might open up oppor- opportunities to maybe just basically the first thing I think of is marketing. You know, if you, if you know about anthropology and culture, maybe you'll be good at marketing for a different country. Yeah. Yeah. To some degree. It's very like, it's very broad. It's funny because when you look online where it's like jobs, I don't know if you've had any people who've studied anthropology on the show before. One. Um, Yeah. Well, one or two. One, a couple, I think. Yeah. We certainly talked about it. Yeah. It's a very kind of like broad subject, but it's really interesting the jobs they like lay. Like, you look at the job recommendations and it's like museum curator or history teacher or like very within the vein of like history. But I feel like it's a lot more of a social thing, too. Um, At least for me, kind of how I approach it and how I interact with people now, I'm a lot more understanding and a lot more excited to learn about other people just because I've been exposed to it more like exposure, like breaking out of my little bubble and seeing a world for what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's given me some more ways to connect to people, um, which I super enjoy. That's really Um, neat. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool though, that Mm -hmm. you're able to approach it from a different Mm -hmm. lens than someone who wasn't, who didn't have that exposure, Yeah, you know, before. And I Mm -hmm. actually, I want to ask you, Mm I mean, again, it's a broad question for, oh, for a broad sure. topic, such Absolutely. as anthropology. <laughs> but why, what do you think some of the key important factors are of anthropology? Hmm. You know, like, why does it um, stick out? Why is it so important for It's us? just chronicling, like, the human experience for me, you know, whether that's archaeology, which is, like, studying the past, you mm. know, like, directly studying the past of our world of people in general, kind of us moving from like Homo erectus, like the original kind of like hominids in the world, all the way up to where we are now where we drive cars and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, And then also chronicling stuff in the current day, you know, there's all sorts of different forms of languages. Language in itself is something so utterly like complex that like 
even speaking one language, I screw up English sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like at its core, the biggest thing for me of anthropology, the biggest value that it has is that chronicling and exposure of the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, like we live it day to day and we're so focused, especially nowadays on other things going on, you know, like who knows, like sports teams, work, your relationships with friends, all that stuff. Like yeah. we're so exposed to things all every day mm -hmm. that being able to look and see, hey, like the human experience is a universal thing that's been going on since we developed in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and being able to kind of understand that this is where we came from and have a greater appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. And also to some extent, understanding our world as well. Um, I feel like that's something that's really cool. Like uh, whenever I go to national parks now, I have like a super greater appreciation for it as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, just because of kind of the history that's there, you know, because, mm. um, you know, if you forget where you come from, then kind of lose where you're going in sure. my mind, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's at least for me, you know, it's also very humbling to be like, whatever I'm going through now, someone's probably gone through something similar, something worse. You know, mm. looking back and being like, hey, well, at least I live in a period where there's running water and I don't have to run 10 miles to catch my food every day. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, that's how, it, that's how it was. You know, uh, the uh, it's really funny. Uh, you, you guys, when you guys say Neanderthal, do you say Neanderthals or talls? Isn't it talls? It's I, talls. Say, I purposely say talls now. Talls is the proper one, okay. Yeah, okay. which was very interesting. And it's kind of the difference between. Uh, Neanderthals and Homo erectus is, I think that's the general one. And then Neanderthals was kind of the separation of what we are now. And then Neanderthals were kind of like a separate species for a time. Species is kind of a strong word, but essentially when we all came from Africa and then part of the human, like early humans who went north, went up north and then got split off because that top of Africa became a desert. Um, so the humans mm. that are up north became Neanderthals and they're the ones you think of with like the sloped heads and like the super burly, mm -hmm. like, yeah. and then you see like the guys who, like even nowadays who are from like native tribes in Africa who are very like lean and built for like distance and endurance. Those kind of early humans became what we are. That's why humans are kind of naturally built for long distance running. I ran track and cross country for a lot of years. Um, Interesting. so humans are built to run because that branch of humanity is what survived when the Neanderthals didn't. Um, so Neanderthals mm. were so big and bulky because they essentially wrestled whatever they were trying to hunt. They wrestled it, beat it with clubs, and were used to taking like huge blows and getting knocked to the ground. So all their bones and skulls and everything are super thick. Interesting. But, yeah, but the humans who lived in Africa kind of built built kind of up like we are, you know, very, very tall, very like long limbed because they essentially would wound their prey and chase it until it bled out essentially across like across the land versus trying to wrestle it into submission. So there's probably some, <laughs> there's some logic there to why they survived and then the Neanderthals didn't. Mm. Um, now we co-mingled with them though. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. There was some, you know, I, there's, it, there's kind of those things where across, uh, I, I can't remember the exact terminology, but there was like the original human that might, it was original like homo, like the first, like kind of. Isn't it that stood Lucy? Up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Australopithecus, yeah. something like that. Something like that, yeah. But it was like the nice first tent. ones that stood up and then kind <laughs> took of. an intro class. <laughs> you got it. Hey, those intro classes are fun. Those intro classes are fun. If you get the right teacher, they're fun. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of the teachers I lo- I loved pretty much all my teachers at FSU. They were all great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's essentially that idea of like wherever we lived as early humanoids, we kind of adapted to. Yeah. Um. And you can see that and study it in bone structure, and even in like I took a course where we studied like ape bones and stuff like that, and like mm. determining determining like a skeleton's age from like a cutout of its pelvic bone where you have a bunch of different ones like along like it's crazy you'd have like a spread yeah. of about like uh it was like 10 different cutouts of this one bone in your pelvis and it would grow in size and lengthen and the edges would be different it would be like the age range was like newborn to five five to 15 15 to 30 or something like that because of how mm. the body changes over time. And of course there was the idea of like determining whether a skeleton was like male or female based on that as well. And kind of seeing these differences in bones. And that's kind of where that distinction of Neanderthal and like Homo erectus, I believe I could be saying the wrong one and my professors would fail me right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, kind of that study of bones also goes into archeology. span So when you think of like Indiana Jones or like dinosaur people, it's, you know, kind of similar they but in some they overlap in some capacity but every intro class will start out by saying like this is not a dinosaur course or like we're not indiana jones for taking this class yeah like just a, <laughs> just a kind of level set because i went into it thinking oh yeah i'm gonna be indiana jones i'm gonna study all this history and artifacts and dust things and my first professor was like whip. uh yeah exactly get a whip <laughs> do some swinging and my first professor was like uh this is not what that is. This is like this. And I was like, okay, cool. Like Indiana <laughs> Jones is like an archaeologist, mm, like right. an adventure archaeologist. Like the, he's like the Chad of archaeologists, essentially. <laughs> uh. Well, so you mentioned mm-hmm. that teaching was something yeah. you thought about. Um, it's something I'm actively pursuing. Actively too. pursuing. Mm-hmm. So do you think that maybe you'll, you'll want to teach anthropology or yeah. do you think that your interest in anthropology gives you a different perspective on teaching some stuff, something, something along those lines. Yeah. Hmm. It definitely has informed me wanting to teach. Um, the biggest thing that I've encountered when I am either assigned kind of at the head of some project or some group of people, I really do enjoy that kind of leadership role, even with, even with the anxieties it can bring in some people. Um, so I really enjoy that. And I've had a lot of very formative teachers known a lot of teachers grown up with a lot of teachers um and just for me personally it's something that i admire a lot to be able especially in our world today to take that hit to your personal life and be like i'm not gonna make 100k a year ever probably unless i get get in somewhere really good or get some certain situation or live in a certain part of the world but you know it's that moral fulfillment it's kind of what i'm looking for yeah. i couldn't give two shits about money like <laughs> yeah. like i i wear the same pair of pants until they fall apart like i i'm not a money person i've never been a money person i was mm. never raised with money mm-hmm. um so you know i kind of grew up in that like working class family working class very like christian religious family very like cut and dry uh humble. white humble humble but also like like white boy kind of experience <laughs> okay like kind of like just that standard like you know it was nothing too crazy yeah but um mm. yeah you know coming from that and being able to like even going to private school until i came to college like expanding that worldview again breaking out of the shell and really just kind of learning more has made me want to share kind of what I have with people and be Mm. that same formative figure. Cause 
I could get paid if I get like a $200,000 paycheck or if I have a student who like I've made some kind of positive impact in their life. I think that's going to carry a lot further than anything I could do with that bullshit money or whatever. Dude, 100%. Yeah, I awesome. totally agree. Yeah, Feel the awesome. same way because I mean, yeah. I mean – <laughs> I mean, 13 bucks an hour right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not in it for the money. I'm yeah. in it for the fulfillment, like you were exactly. talking about, right? Because money, money comes and goes, and it's like, whatever, yeah. man. Like, I, with, with how volatile it is nowadays, I don't think I will ever be rich unless I fall into an oil rig or something, like, mm. an, like a <laughs> magical, magical walk upon some gold or something. Like, you know. Well, and my, you know what? If you're digging around for bones... You, you know what? That's fair. Gold. You might. That's fair. If I if I you walked might. up on Didn't like a interrupt you. No, El Dorado okay. or something, like yeah. uh, I, mean, I would go hard. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And and one of my teachers mm-hmm. just I feel and it was great. It changed my perspective mm-hmm. on it. But one of my teachers and I'll never forget this lesson mm-hmm. told me that uh, money is movement. Yeah. So I'm just I just think about money as like how can it get me from point A to point B rather mm-hmm. than it's like how much can I accumulate? Yeah. Over this mm-hmm. much time, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like that's. A lot of the mindset, not to like go too far off topic, but I no, think for it, sure. it changed yeah. my perspective on it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, like the other day we were talking about different quotes from like different religious things or whatever. One that's always kind of stuck with me is in that like Christian Bible, like Jesus says, like it's easier for like a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter like the kingdom of heaven. And like mm. whatever you believe, kind of that idea of like if you're hoarding possessions and you're hoarding things, like you're not going to want to let it go. And you're gonna miss something better is kind of how I look mm, at it. Like, just avoid greed. Yeah, exactly. You can't yeah. take all that shit with you. Like you have it on a little plastic card, and that's your money. Like, cool. Yeah. If I can live and survive and have a good time, it's like that's so what it's all about. Weird now. You know, yeah. it's interesting how, like, even today, you know, I'm not gonna go into my finances, but <laughs> oh, I do it. What's but, your credit score? Uh, <laughs> give us your. Um, what's your uh, re- six? <laughs> <laughs> six that's in everything. Good. <laughs> I have six dollars. Great credit job, score. man. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> that's honestly really impressive. No, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like, it's really interesting how. Personally, like mm. I know I have enough to do what I need to do. Yeah. But I still feel this this regret when yeah. I have to buy things. Sometimes mm. it's not all the time, but it's sometimes you just feel. Like you're doing something wrong yeah. when you spend money. Maybe that's just me. No, and, I get that too. But I, but I've also been able to break out of that a mm-hmm. little bit, and just to add on to the points you were both making, mm-hmm. it's it's so true how it's like you have to you have to spend money mm-hmm. to do things. That's just yeah. the world we live in. Yeah, and it's like like I'm gonna take a trip to Europe and. <laughs> I needed to spend a lot of money to do that. <laughs> here's the, and here's guess the what? Crazy, I think it's going to be worth it. Here's the dude. crazy thing about money <laughs> is you shouldn't feel bad to spend it because you have to spend it to live your life. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's well, just that's what right. it is. I have no choice. <laughs> yeah. You literally have no choice. I got to spend money to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. So mm. it's like. Exactly. <laughs> and going back to what we were talking about before, yeah. just so, because I want to make sure we stay on oh, top for sure, of what yeah. we were talking about. But I, what I love so far about what you talked about with anthropology uh. and teaching that possibly mm-hmm. is how with all the examples that you brought up, it's always been through personal experience mm-hmm. running track and how we were built for this yeah. at this time in this place. And this long <laughs> ago, right? Like, yeah. I think that was really cool. And I just, I want to know how you think that th- you could take your personal experience and apply it to teaching anthropology. Do you think oh, that's something that's so, secondhand for it? I would definitely love to teach like an anthropology course, but also I really want to teach like my goal would be like a, like an ancient or a world history teacher at like a high school 
or something. Really? Yeah, something okay. like that. And like, if the opportunity came to teach college, I would love to. Mm. But part of teaching college and being a professor is like doing research and doing that kind of study stuff. True. Yeah. And as much as I love writing papers, like I don't know if I could commit to that for like long term. You know, mm. if the, if the opportunity came around and I went back to school to get like a further degree and do it, it'd be fun. It'd be great. I'm sure. Um, but I definitely kind of envisioned myself as that kind of like high school teacher. You look back and you're like, Hey, I didn't hate going to his class every day. <laughs> you know, like it was we a class, yeah, it was a class <laughs> where like, you know, I learned a lot and I was challenged cause I don't want to be like an easy bullshit teacher. Like you're going to learn, yeah. but like looking back and you're like, Hey, maybe I learned more than what like a report card reflects. Right. Mm-hmm. Like bringing like my personal experience, like being able to kind of share not just kind of this love I have for history or this better understanding that it gives me about a better perspective it's given me throughout my life, but also just being able to be like, Hey, like in the same way that history repeats itself, like I've been where you guys are and now I'm here and like, I'm doing okay. You know, at that point I assume I'll be doing okay. You know, God, <laughs> God's willing, God willing, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'll be doing okay. You know? So kind of being that reassurance of like, Hey, you know, I've been there. I'm here. I've been sitting where you are. I'm here. And the, or being like, hey, like I can see like from my personal experience what you're kind of thinking behind your eyes and you think that you're the only person going through something when that's not the case. All of you are sitting in this room thinking you're alone right now when you're sharing a room with people who are doing the same thing and whose ancestors have done the same thing over and over and stood up at the stars and been like, why am I on this rock in space? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead yeah. Of, inst- but instead you're in a high school classroom learn- and I'm blabbing at you about like something cool about mounds and like archaeology <laughs> and going off on a tangent about a mound I saw the other day. Mm. You know what I really like about what you just said too? Mm. It's, we sh- we're going to take a short break here in a yeah. second, by the way. But um, what I really like about what you just said is you know, history repeats itself. And mm-hmm. sometimes when we say that, I feel like we think about long-term timetables, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's like our our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents went through similar trials and existential yeah. crises. And, you know, I think that that's something that we sometimes forget because mm-hmm. often – especially in the news and politics, not to, I'm not going to get into this whole thing, but Mm -hmm. sometimes we like to pit the Mm -hmm. young and the old and it's like, we've all kind of done the same. We're We're all horny and sad. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, dude. We are. Yeah. Like, that's really like, the human dilemma like come on like money like fuck money like fuck money fuck differences fuck politics like we all want a nut and we all have no money like you know what everybody with that with those words of wisdom we're going to take a break Yo, I'm dying right now see you later in a few I was sitting on that one we'd like to take a second to shout out our monthly patrons thank you to Aaron B Christina S Corbin G Dan W, Mimi S, Kareem A, and Luciano B for their continuous support of the podcast. Everything we do on this show wouldn't be possible without the generous support of listeners like you. Consider joining us on Patreon, where for just $1 a month, you can support the podcast and help us even more in the conversation about Active Hope. Now, back to the episode. Hello, everyone, and we are back. Woo! We're going to open up the second half okay, with your passion for music. Yeah. Um, I've always been a music listener. I know everyone that's kind of like a shared experience, but music was kind of the way that I 
really like started to kind of find my identity and what I enjoyed. Um, mm. I loved to be like the middle schooler who was like, I'm listening to 70s and 80s music when you guys are listening to One Direction or whatever. Like, I loved to be that like YouTube troll commenter in like real life when I was like 12. Um, <laughs> you know, and it mostly just came from like the love of music you inherit from like your parents, mm. like specifically like my dad, like a lot of like times picking me up from school late and uh, <laughs> rolls up playing like the classic dad rock. And I'm like, this is good. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is this? <laughs> and then going home and playing it. My mom's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> I'm like, you don't get it, mom. I'm different. <laughs> Dude, I grew up with Christian rock. I, I grew up with some Christian rock too. You big skillet, you a skillet person? Skillet, uh, Newsboys. No, no. You don't know Skillet? Oh, I don't what know about, about Skillet, Creed? but I don't know You don't know Newsboys? Creed? Is Creed Christian rock? They are. Really? They are Christian. I play Creed as like a joke. Well, not as a joke, because I actually unironically know a lot of the words. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> um, but you, you ever, is Creed really Christian rock? Look it up after this. They're, they're Christian rock. Okay. Okay. Dang. I, well, I just, because I totally agree with you. It's like yeah. the, the things that your parents listen to yeah. completely inform what you're into later on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've kind of like changed and gone as I went. I listened to like the broad stroke of things. Like even I used to be like an avid country music hater. But when I started dating my girlfriend, like she kind of listens to like some some country, not like full blown country, but like mm. kind of that more country modern ish country, like that's palatable for people. Um, I appreciate some good country. Yeah, no, some good. I've really come a long way. Yeah. Um, I went from being like a avid like. I'm, I want to dress like Led Zeppelin to like I wear sweaters that say cowboy on them and stuff <laughs> and like very oh, yeah. embracing Western Americana. I'm like, yeah. oh, love it. Like, love me some, love me some country. I'm definitely in that folksy range. Uh, yeah. Love it. I'm all over the place with it. And I'd love to just listen and like share music with people too mm. and like be informed about other things. Uh, like my roommate Sam listens to the weirdest like shit in the world when you get in the car with him. We used to make fun of him for it. But, <laughs> but he'll put some stuff on and I'm like, this goes hard. And I like never would have listened to it if I wasn't like hanging out and like if he felt if he didn't feel comfortable playing his music taste around me. You know? yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to so, yeah. ask how music mm. is affiliated with anthropology Ooh. and how you can use that. Ooh, double, there you go, double jeopardy. <laughs> um, I'd say music just is another thing that we, for the most part, share as like a people. It's a way to express yourself. It's a way to kind of, again, communicate that shared experience. You know, how many songs are there about love or about sadness or oh, about gosh. being horny or yeah. about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, all these things that you can relate to in music and that kind of draws that response from you. Mm. Um, I know there's been many times in my life where I've listened to music and it's kind of been the right song at the right time when I'm going through something or something happens in relation to a song and then I always associate that with it later. Yeah. Um, stuff like that, like... Or like you go to a great show and it's a great experience that you share with other people you go with. Mm. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, it varies wildly across cultures, but there's a lot of the same core tenets within it. Like I'm not a big theory head. I'm not like a super, like I've, I've played in bands and I've made music and I'm not like a giga theory head or like 10,000 brain music maker. But once again, you have personal experience. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. And, you know, it kind of, it's another thing that gives me a greater appreciation for just how, like, fucking hard it is to, like, make good music. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, man. 
you know, even it, it's a long battle from like not knowing anything about it to like maybe having a sliver of knowledge and being on the right track. And then, uh, you know, it, it's very hard to not emulate what you also already hear. Um, yes. I and mean, that, that's yeah. with any art. Form. That's with any art form. Like people say all comedies recycled or all music's recycled and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because there's good things out there, you know, yeah. like yeah. history repeats itself. Music repeats itself because there's just good things out there to do. There's good things and there's bad things. And to what you said earlier about the human mm-hmm. experience and how, I mean, if history is repeating itself, I'm yeah. assuming the human experience is, it is yeah. uh, also experience, uh, happening again to a yeah. degree. So I feel like when it comes to that, music is just, like you said, another way to convey mm-hmm. those feelings. And it's still just as relatable. Yeah. Even though it, the same thing happened however many years ago, right? It's exactly. Just different... I don't know. It's different like, instruments, different, different sound to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. 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 Like, you're not going to play an oud in the 21st century. You're going to play a guitar. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to use a synth or, like, a computer or whatever instead mm-hmm. of using, like, drums and, yeah. like, old school stuff. Like, people still use that, but it's kind of grown with technology and grown with us. It's kind of mm-hmm. been a part of us. Similar to language or similar to religion, you know. It's something that we carry with us to express ourselves or our beliefs or our experiences that kind of grows and changes with us as we go. Mm. Um, it reflects know. the time. Exactly, you know. That's why people are always nostalgic for music because they associate it with a time that they, you know, are convinced was better yeah. or a time that they are fond about or... Someone will be like, I'm never going to listen to the Doobie Brothers again because I got broken up with to a Doobie Brothers song or whatever. Mm. Um, but I'm going to listen to the Doobie Brothers because <laughs> I love me some Yacht Rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you honestly kind of touched on it inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might as well just because you had me <laughs> dying at the end of the first half. Oh, yeah? But you already touched on comedy, you know, a yeah. little bit. How you said, you know, music and comedy, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so I would love to know about your passion involving that as well. Because I feel like that yeah. could be... I'm just going to go ahead and say this. That could be a wonderful tool to help you teach. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the best teachers were funny, either intentionally or unintentionally. <laughs> um, either by just being so authentically themselves that you couldn't help but find it for- funny, or just by being funny in general. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I mean, I owe a lot of... Like, getting into comedy is what truly helped me make friends in college. Like, I came to a school where almost no one from my high school went. I didn't have a lot of close friends in high school. I had, a lot of, I had like, a knit group of friends and a lot of acquaintances. I wasn't, like, unpopular, but I was riding that kind of middle line of, mm-hmm. like, the popular kids will talk to me at school, but I'm not going to the beachside party where they're all sharing, like, shitty beer and think they're, they're really cool or whatever. Like, they no. all peaked back then. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. fuck it. I'm at home playing video games or something, dude. Like, yeah. I don't got time for any of this high school nonsense. I got stuff to do. I got I got a life to not live in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, coming to college and, like, kind of having an experience in my first year where I didn't do anything comedy and I kind of stuck to what I knew, I made a group of friends, but only through, like, a person I was dating. And then once that ended, it was kind of like, well, I don't have any friends. Mm. And then kind of getting into comedy and making this big, like, friend group and getting to know all these people and having the chance to socialize. I'm, like, an extrovert by nature who, like, really enjoys his introverted time. But, like, definitely, like, getting to know people and having that group of people around me, like, loneliness is one of, like, the scariest things for me. Mm. Like, I need that interaction or else I'm going to, like, explode. Um, but yeah, making a big group of friends, like it's how I met Ted eventually, you know, it's how I made the kind of core group of friends that I'd consider some like super close friends that I love, you know, Mm. through kind of a shared experience and a shared, uh, 
shared desire to just make people laugh and just goof around and not take things too seriously. Mm. Um, yeah, because laughter is something that everyone's going to do at some point. Whether or not I make them do it is a question in <laughs> itself. But, uh, you know. We all find something funny. We do. You know, we do. Whether that's uh, me, like, chugging hot sauce for charity and thinking that that's funny. Uh, yeah. Instead, I just feel sick for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love how everything that we have talked about so mm-hmm. far today has somehow involved anthropology, though. I mean, yeah. Because I know anthropology, I mean, humans, right? Humans, yeah. Humanity. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's like the things that I feel like in a weird way, mm-hmm. the through line is that yeah. we're all trying to convey the same things mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, pretty you know much. What I mean? yeah. And it's so interesting how even though history repeats itself, mm-hmm. Change is always happening. It yeah. is the only constant, but it's like we have to remind ourselves mm-hmm. of the things that have happened before because yeah. they're most likely going to happen again yeah. in a different way. And plus, you got to see where you came from so you can have a little pride and a little perspective in that too, right? Like, yeah. it's very easy to get head down and tunnel vision about like having a shitty day, a shitty week. Yeah. But you know, when you're able to kind of take that step back and look, even on a small scale, where you came from last year, where you came from last week, you know, you can speak in big, grandiose terms about as a species, we've come really far, but you know, maybe you quit a job that you hated. Maybe you ended like a bad relationship. Maybe you had a fun comedy show or found a new song or something like being able to put things into perspective like that and understanding, like I'm always going to be changing. Like you said, change is like the only constant and hopefully I'm going to use the past to change into something better or something closer to what makes me happy. Mm. If I'm not happy now, I can still change. Um, and not just have to be sitting in it forever. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of want to jump in on this too. Do it, which is like there. sort of what you were saying, Caleb. It's almost as if the circumstances around us are always changing. Yeah. But the human condition doesn't mm-hmm. change all that much throughout the ages. Yeah. So it's like even though everything in the world is much different than it was in 1300, mm-hmm. it's still those were humans with human emotions back then. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's a very standing in any historical spot. That's something that Mm -hmm. comes to my mind a lot. It's like, there were people here and even they, you just feel connected to the entire like timeline of us. Yeah. And I want to throw like crazy question at you. Do it. This is more just a thought experiment. Yeah. But you know, how do you think anthropology as a study, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand years from now, mm-hmm. how do you think they might look at our society? Look at us now? Yeah. Hmm. It's a very loaded question because... Uh, you better say the right thing. Yeah. And you know what? You don't even have to... You can give us <laughs> as simple of an answer yeah. as, as you want think, or whatever. I think no matter what happens, the one thing that a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now anthropologists will continue to say or historians even will continue to say is that humans biggest problems were always caused by humans <laughs> we're always the ones standing in our own way yep and even on a micro level like if you don't like i've kind of been at this place recently of like the only person standing between me and a change that i need is myself yeah. like we mm. talked about it like fuck money like money's disposable money's not going to get you anything it, it would like it's not going to bring you anything by having so much of it that you don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing standing in your way is ultimately yourself. You know, there's other hurdles to jump through, but the biggest thing that throughout history, like ninety percent of humanity's problems were just 
us standing in each other's way or standing in our own way. Mm. Like you look at it nowadays, we're so divided and so separated by different things that we kind of lose sight of that human condition. You know, we're standing on opposite sides of a line when we're the ones who reached over and drew the line ourselves. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that'll be the one constant is we'll look back a thousand years from now and be like, maybe they're better off because they figured it out or maybe they're worse off because they couldn't figure it out in time. Mm. But they'll look back and, you can point and be like, hey, like the biggest problems right at this time period were caused by each other, not because of this, like the experience they were living, because that's the one thing that was uniform. You know, mm. you're building you're building great pyramids, but people are enslaved by other people. Uh, you know, that's an extreme example from the past. Right. And then, mm. you know, nowadays we're building all this technology. We're doing all this great stuff. But, you know people are still homeless people are still arguing people are still at war you know mm-hmm. um, so all these great things can happen and come from it but ultimately the problems persist because to some extent uh some people are some people find it hard or don't have that right judgment to be like hey we're living a shared experience mm-hmm. and what is different about us is what makes this experience worth living at the mm, end of the day. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live in a world that was just me. Like I would hate that. It'd be so boring and I get annoyed immediately. Um, so yeah, just get out of your own way. Like get, get the fuck out of your own way and do what you want to do. Um, so that you won't look back 10 years from now and be like, I should have done this sooner. Um, mm. so that ultimately maybe a thousand years from now we'll be in a better place with flying cars or whatever and be like, wow, we just really needed to do that sooner. It's always flying cars. People always love, I don't <laughs> I hope, think, I hope, they happen. <laughs> I hope they happen, but I don't know if they'll ever happen. Cause it's, I think it's a mystified I, idea. Honestly, the biggest problem with flying cars, not to get too off topic, <laughs> is do it. sky lanes, dude. How do you do that? How do, yeah. Cause you can't have sky lanes. Cause imagine yeah, passing someone. Too unreal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Nobody no. would stay. Everybody just chooses to stay there. Well, if yeah, you think yeah, about yeah, now, how often not. people <laughs> cut around in front of you, yeah. what if someone cuts under you? Yeah. Like, what if they're, what if they're under you and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's a flying dude, car below me. All the way down like ten. If it, if somehow this podcast has survived to three thousand twenty-three and you guys have flying cars. Send funny clips. Um figure out how to send it to the past so we can see it. Yeah, send it into the middle of the table right now. A little device that's a funny flying car fails. Yeah. Uh, 32. <laughs> so <laughs> whoa. Another question. Yeah pretty close to wrapping it up but Do i it. have one more sort of philosophical question oh, I, I love for it you. Yeah. um you know you started talking about how sometimes humans get in their own way mm-hmm. and granted you know we said before even though the circumstances around the world we're living in have mm-hmm. changed many many times over the millennia yeah um i would i would go out and say i think the world we live in today is kind of an improvement. I do feel oh, yeah. like for all the terrible things humans mm-hmm. still do today, I do think that we have improved the world slowly, but yeah. it's gotten better in many it's a weird ways. Balancing, right? Yeah, there's yeah. no polio, and we have right. smartphones, and we've made things yeah. pretty yeah. cool. Like we're not dealing with the same things. Mm-hmm. There's other things that we're learning. Though, and there's and, more and, of us than ever and, before, and maybe that's the that's the the yeah. curse of humanity. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is. Um, as an anthropologist, mm-hmm. somebody who stud- who's studied culture, mm-hmm. um, 
I know you're not an anthropologist, but somebody who studied someone, yeah, who, someone who has a piece of paper that was like you took enough anthropology right. credits to talk about it on a podcast, <laughs> right? Like, yes. Um, <laughs> do you do you think that you know? And I know you can't speak for everybody, but for sure, does it seem like our culture is in a place where even though there's division, we we love mm-hmm. to say how there's a lot of division, yeah. M- Maybe there. It seems like we're at least on a path to yeah hearing and understanding each other mm. a lot easier. And I better. think we. I think we absolutely are. I mean, we live in a time where we're blessed to be able to actually like pursue these kind of things. Like you said, it's like the curse of humanity. Um, is like we're developing, so we leave old problems behind but find new problems. Right. Mm. Um, so you know we're not hunting and gathering for food anymore. We have all these great institutions, all this great technology, all this fun stuff. Um, And I will say that in the world we live in today, regardless of whoever tries to put certain groups of people down, that's going to happen no matter what. But we live in a time right now where you can express yourself and be whoever you want. Like that kind of, that kind of mindset of like, that you can't be yourself. Like you're able to now, like said earlier, you can step out of your own way and be who you want to be regardless of what other people think. Mm-hmm. And you have the freedom to do that, mm-hmm. which is something that's like super invaluable and super like gratifying as a human to be yourself, no matter new. what that looks like. It's kind of new. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. new. Like that's the biggest thing you said. Um, we kind of look at it as old versus young a lot of times. And that's just cause it's a change thing, right? Like it, this, we live in such a time period right now where that wasn't a thing. And now all of a sudden, like, it is a concrete thing in our minds, right? Like, like, hey, it's okay that you want to use these pronouns for yourself. I acknowledge you in that. That's awesome. But someone who's 60 has no concept of that. Like, they're like, what is this going on? And then they're immediately afraid of it. And that's just like a gut reaction like a bad instinct that a lot of people have when it's something they don't understand right right and but the thing to understand is that there's always going to be change and the one thing that you can do as a human is just be like kind to your other humans and acknowledge that we're all living that experience right just because you don't understand it doesn't mean you get to open your mouth about it like essentially like i'm not going to get up on a soapbox and talk about it because i haven't lived those kind of experiences. Mm. And I understand that, but I'm going, you better believe that I'm going to die on the hill of supporting these people, supporting anyone, any human who wants to be themselves. Mm. Because I, there no, there's no human that has a right to point and tell someone that you can't be yourself. Any human in history that's done that is a villain. Like mm. they, we, we, we hate these people. Like, and these people who are doing it nowadays, you know, not to name names are going to be remembered that way as well. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. What kind of legacy are they leaving? Exactly. You know, it's like, Oh, they think that they're winning them. Like, you know, they have all the, they've got all the old people and the taxpayers or whatever on their side. But like those people are going to die before we do bud. And you're going to be stuck with us. <laughs> like they're going to be dead yeah. and you're going to be stuck with us and we're not going to like you. <laughs> And in the history books, everyone's going to remember you were a total douche. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nate rhymes with uh, gr- uh, blo- uh, <laughs> Don Tron. <laughs> Tron Gigantis. Tron Gigantis. <laughs> I, I will say, I mean, so many things that you've said so far, mm-hmm. you have, it, it's, it's been, a, for lack of a better way of putting it, just eloquent. I try. <laughs> I mean, uh, genuinely, though, because I feel like you have 
pinpointed mm-hmm. so many things. But at the same time, I hope that come come the future, come us being 60 or whatever, we have come. learned from the mistakes of the current 60-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. And we approach it with compassion. I mean, that's always right. how it's going to be. Like, you don't want to turn into your parents. I don't know many people who, like, want to be exact copies of their parents. Like... Yeah, you know, I know I don't want to be my dad. Be pissed if I turned out just like him. Be like, what was the point of everything I did if you're like me? And yes, just, just to bring everything full circle. Our parents didn't want to be exact copies of their parents either, mm-hmm. so it's almost like we have that shared experience. Yeah, oh and gosh. everybody maybe can have compassion for each. It's other. almost like everyone. Uh, it's almost <laughs> like everyone argues with their parents and doesn't agree with yeah. them because they're older and from a different time. Yes. So we've reached the the end of our podcast so we got a final question for you Mason. yeah unless caleb i know i i did a lot of the questions on this you good mm. i right. think you guys shared the questions pretty well the yeah, dynamic okay, good. was good. Dude, good all you man yeah. good all right so how has mm. how have the passions that you talked about today changed the world around you hmm like as a concept or from my experience, you think? Like, um, let's stick with your experience. My experience? Yeah. Cool. Oh, God. I burped. Um, <laughs> that's how it's changed my experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would say that just learning about things is the biggest thing in my life that's kind of changed my experience. Like, by understanding people, I'm able to not have to ask as many questions or articulate as many things that are unnecessary. Or just simply being able to listen. Like the biggest thing across music, comedy, and anthropology and studying cultures and stuff is you've got to listen at the end of the day. I think I've become a better listener from all of it. And everyone needs someone who's gonna listen to them. Like I think active listening is like the best skill that you can have. Yeah. Um like insanely. Like yeah. even I'm not even that great at it. I'll I'll space out every now and then. But you said it how it's shaped like my experience or like the just change the world. I'm not, I'm not good at listening. You can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I think the way it's changed the world is we live in like being able to go to a school and study the human condition and the human experience is something that has shaped me and like changed my perspective on things forever. You know, I very much was living in the idea of you go to school, you get a certain XYZ job that gets you XYZ money and you fall into XYZ job. Mm. Like you go to school, you take doctor classes, you become a doctor and you're a doctor and that's your life. Versus I go to school, I take a class, I learn about history and I learn about where we've come from and I kind of learn about my fellow humans and then I can go out into the world with this knowledge and we live in a time where the degree that you get typically isn't going to be like one for one what you do. That's just not the kind of world we like live in. It's almost like the new high school diploma. Exactly. It basically weird... basically is. If you want to do specialization, do you have to go and get those extra degrees? Essentially, it's kind of progressed, right? Like, mm, like, yeah. like. Thankfully, everyone's able to go and get a high school degree, you know. And then someday in the future, hopefully, everyone can go and get a college degree. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna have to keep raising that bar of what being a specialist is as we learn more things. Um, But how it's kind of shaped my experience in the world around me is it's just made me a more understanding person Mm. overall. Like I kind of, instead of living in a box and, you know, living my life on a track, I'm able to kind of explore and learn things and appreciate things better. Um, Cause you know, otherwise I'm not going to have fun. I'm not going to make more friends. I'm not going to understand more people. 
Uh, it gives me a lot more empathy too. At the end of the day, yeah, um, it's really easy to get self-absorbed uh, in your day-to-day life, and being able to take a step back and remember that across oceans, there's people living a similar experience, maybe a worse experience, maybe a better one, but kind of putting it into perspective of like. It's not the end of the world if I had a shitty day. It's not the end of the world if something bad happened. It's not the end of the day if someone didn't laugh at a joke I made, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You know. So I think overall it's education is power and they always say that and I would I just think mm. that understanding and listening is like the greatest tool in your kit to do anything. Um because as much as I said humans stand in their own way, the only way we get things done is by working together and learning from each other. So that kind of goes into, you know, it's shaped my experience because it's found, it's put me in on this path of like, I've always talked about it and I've wanted to do it, but I'm going to teach. Like, mm-hmm. if that's not to just, if that's just, you know, it's not just a paycheck, it's for me to share my experience and learn from others too and kind of cultivate that culture of appreciation for the human experience versus the uh, appreciation for yourself or the focus on your life, you know? Hmm. Um, Cause I think the only way things are going to get better is by understanding, you know? Um, mm. Yeah. That's my personal belief there. So. Dude, I, that's I, well said. <laughs> I mean, and I, I really I'll write a believe, book. <laughs> I really, <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, Shit. <laughs> dude, I really appreciate you coming on today. No, thanks know, for having me. me. Ted and I both yeah, really appreciate both it, did, obviously. But. I, was, I was worried because I'm very much like a jack of all trades, master of none. And I'm sitting here listening to some of the podcasts. I'm like, wow, these people are smart and funny and uh, like buff. <laughs> and, I'm just like, and buff. And buff. Well, like, you know what? You got two out of three of those. <laughs> It's up to you to guess which one it is. Based you on know? his voice, what do you yeah. think? Don't don't watch the videos. It's I'm wearing a off. very big sweater, so you can't see my huge muscles. <laughs> well, for those of you listening, that was Mason Stanberry, and hopefully you found some hope today. Thanks for listening to The Only Constant. We show how people use their passions to change the world around them every day. To learn more about our mission, visit OnlyConstantPodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at OnlyConstantPodcast to see even more and stay updated with the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or Spotify, leaving a review or rating for the podcast helps us learn what's working and what's not. We value your feedback. Hopefully, you found some hope today.